When I made visual contact, I turned on my wing cameras. And I got close enough to take some pretty clear pictures of you. The Air Defense Command will be processing that film fast. And ADC Control was probably recording my radio transmissions. If I remember my history, these things were being dismissed as weather balloons, sun dogs, explainable things, at least publicly. Captain, our tractor beam caught and crushed an Air Force plane. It'll be impossible to explain us as anything other than a genuine UFO. Possibly alien, definitely destructive. We're going to have to go back and get those reports and photos. If the captain feels duty-bound to report what he saw, there won't be any evidence to back him up. That makes me out to be either a liar or a fool. Perhaps. Not at all. He'll simply be one of the thousands who thought he saw a UFO. Abby who? Abby Noble. Hi, Dr. R.D. Gearhart of Abnormal State Theater here with the first of what will hopefully be many of what I'm calling short takes. Basically, I'm creating a subset of minisodes, for lack of a better term, of this podcast where I might not necessarily review a movie in depth, but will share my thoughts on perhaps a TV show or a DVD or Blu-ray release of one of my favorite films or shows or special features or some particular news item in the entertainment world or just whatever's been troubling me lately. While the main episodes of Abnormal State Theater will hopefully be once a month going forward, short takes might pop up in the feed at any time. It's some content I can record and edit quickly and get out to you folks while you're waiting for the next full episode. But before I get into the meat of this first uh, mini-sode, while I'm thinking about it, I just wanted to let you listeners know that the cardiac yak track idea is pretty much getting the carbonite treatment for the moment. Doing a commentary track solo just seems to be too awkward for me. I've tried it a few times, and I really wasn't even happy with the uh, prototype one I did for Robot Monster a few episodes back. So in that sort of situation, I really would rather do that with a guest that I can bounce thoughts off of. So until I can get some guests rounded up and figure out how to hook up two mics into my iPod or get some sort of satisfactory recording rig for two mics... Um, The Cardiac Yak track will be held in abeyance, so to speak. Anyway, I'm recording this first short take episode remotely at my family's cabin here in the middle of the Appalachians while on a much-needed vacation, and I'll get more into that in the next full-blown episode, which will also be recorded up here. I brought a wide range of movies up with me, but I've ended up falling down a rabbit hole of sorts with a couple of complete TV series box sets that I've acquired, both of which actually have one thing in common, uh, the late Leonard Nimoy. Highly illogical. First up is the In Search Of box set. This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanations, but not necessarily the only ones, to the mysteries we will examine. This was released by VEI back in 2012. It has all six seasons of the original series featuring Leonard Nimoy, and then 
uh, one season's worth of the short-lived revival with Mitch Pileggi from The X-Files. Now, that sort of coda series of episodes, I didn't really watch or get into. I primarily focused on the Nimoy episodes while I'm up here. Now, these episodes don't appear to have cleaned, been cleaned up or remastered in any way, uh, but they look like they were transferred from the best archival VHS copies available. They aren't pristine, but still, they're a major improvement over the bootleg set that I used to own that were apparently made from third or fourth generation VHS recordings uh, from back when the series aired on the History Channel some years ago. And some of you might remember those History Channel episodes had the original intro and theme music removed and replaced with music and graphics that really didn't do the original justice. They were pretty lame. This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanations, but not necessarily the only ones, to the mysteries we will examine. So, it was nice to see the original opening restored to its proper place. Some of my earliest memories of childhood TV viewing are of watching first-run episodes of this show and wondering why Mr. Spock was out of uniform, didn't have the pointy ears, and had gotten a really bad haircut. Captain, I see no reason to stand here and be insulted. But, uh, that was just the 70s for you. This set really doesn't have any special features, but that's okay. I'm just thankful to have the series itself in legitimate DVD form. The other box set that had my attention uh, for this vacation was the Star Trek Complete Original Series box set that was released by CBS DVD in 2015. Now, in years past, you had to pay an arm and a leg just to get one season of the original series on DVD. But with the advent of Blu-ray, the price of many DVD TV box sets has been driven down. And so I was able to pick this up at Walmart for less than 50 bucks. Now, this is the remastered original series, which uh, a few episodes of which I did view on Netflix, which had the cleaned up picture and sound and all-new CGI exterior effects that thankfully aren't painfully obvious CGI. They blend in well with the original footage. It's pretty much what George Lucas tried to do with the special edition original trilogy of Star Wars, but only really partially succeeded in doing. That being said, I didn't actually watch much of the show itself up here, but instead I dove headlong into the over seven hours worth of special features included in the box set. And that journey was, to say the least, a rewarding one. Now much of the special features was devoted to interviews with the cast and crew, conducted between, oh, about 15 to 20 years ago for the most part. So we get to see some folks who have since passed on, such as Gene Roddenberry, Robert Justman, a producer on the series, James Doohan, Scotty, Leonard Nimoy, Spock, and of course some that are still with us, such as William Shatner, Walter Koenig, and George Takei. There are retrospectives of each season, featurettes showing what the stars of the show have been up to since their time on Trek, and a few really nice bits about both Star Trek memorabilia and the fans who collect the toys, action figures, prop replicas, and even screen-used props. The classic episode, The Trouble with Tribbles, 
kind of sort of gets its own disc. So, I mean, it does get special attention here. There must be thousands of them. Hundreds of thousands. 1,771,561. Uh, the disc uh, includes the tie-in episodes from the animated series and from Deep Space Nine, which was also considered like a 30th anniversary episode. They were once considered mortal enemies of the Klingon Empire. This? A mortal enemy of the Empire? They were an ecological menace, a plague to be wiped out. Wiped out? What are you saying? Hundreds of warriors were sent to track them down throughout the galaxy. An armada obliterated the triple home world. By the end of the 23rd century, they had been eradicated. Hmm. Another glorious chapter of Klingon history. Tell me, did they still sing songs of the great Tribble Hunt? <laughs> Plus, two documentaries about the creation of the Deep, the Deep Space Nine episode, Trials and Tribulations, that talks about how footage of the actors from the latter series was seamlessly blended into scenes from the original series. And they did do a really good job of it. It's definitely worth a watch. But two features in particular really snagged my attention. The first was one about how the series was restored for DVD release, cleaning up the original footage, creating the new CGI footage of the starships, and making sure it didn't clash with the original footage, and so on. It shows it being done as a labor of love by fans of the series. Something I didn't know was that the opening musical score was actually re-recorded for this release bringing together musicians who had played for the other Trek series and you know, bringing in a soprano who would then sing the vocal for the most famous variation of the sport. And they even found a recording of William Shatner's spoken introduction that they were able to clean up and mix in. When they showed footage of the modern orchestra playing the original theme in the studio, it literally gave me chills and brought tears to my eyes It because it told me that these people took their job seriously. They were treating the show with the respect that it deserves. The other feature that stood out was one about how Matt Jeffries and the other designers on the original series created the aesthetic of Star Trek. Using more than a little ingenuity to pull off convincing futuristic visual effects on sometimes virtually no budget. Certainly, sir. How else can I keep my reputation as a miracle worker? For instance, the Jeffries Tube, which has seen use in Trek series and movies throughout the history of the franchise, when the plot required something that where people had to crawl through a small space, like, well, something akin to nowadays we'd use a ventilation shaft or an air duct. The Jeffries Tube was originally made up of the strong cardboard tubes used in construction to pour concrete columns. And they used these cardboard tubes for a number of other props and effects as well. Ice cube trays were utilized as control panels on the bridge. And when they had to erect a new wall quickly for a set in the engineering section and needed some futuristic looking decoration, 
A couple of the effects guys ran to the studio commissary, grabbed a sleeve of plastic coffee cup lids, and a coat of paint later or two, and they had their decorations. And if you watch this particular special feature, you'll see how convincing it was, even though it was done extremely on the cheap. Now, I haven't described everything that's in the special features of this box set because I'd like to leave a little, if you'll pardon the phrase, undiscovered country for those of you who have this set. If you like Star Trek, the features alone make this box set worth owning. And that brings this first short take to a close. I'll send you folks off with a sample of the classic vocal stylings of William Shatner. See you next time. She packed my bags. Last night, pre-flight. Zero hour. 9 a.m. And I'm gonna be high. As a kite by then. miss the earth so much. I miss my wife. It's lonely out in space. On such a The touchdown brings me back again to find I'm not the man they think I am back home. Oh, no, no, no. I'm a rocket man. Rocket man. Burning out his fumes out here alone. I think it's going to be a long, long time. Till touchdown, bring me round again and find I'm not the man they think I am at home. Oh, no, no, no. I'm a rocket man. A rocket man. Burning on his fuse out here alone. Mars ain't the kind of place to raise a kid. In fact, it's cold as hell. And there's no one there to raise them. If you did. And all this science, I don't understand. It's just a job. Five days a week. A rocket, man. And I think it's going to be a long, long time till touchdown brings me around again to find I'm not the man they think I am at home. Oh no, no, no. I'm a rocket man. Rocket man burning out his fumes out here 
hello. And I think it's gonna be a long, long time. The touchdown brings me around again to find I'm not the man they think I am at home. Oh, no, no, no. I'm a rocket it's man. Rocket man. Burning out his fuse out here alone. And I think it's gonna be a long, long time. And I think it's gonna be a long, long time. And I think it's gonna be a long, long time. And I think it's gonna be a long, long time. And I think it's gonna be long, long time. You have been listening to a Clockwork Cardiac Production.